it's good to be in the house of the Lord. God is in the house. Amen. Thank you, Father. Can, we just, can I just ask you to close your eyes right now, please? There's something stirring in this atmosphere right now. And let me tell you, it is God. Every one of you that is here this morning is here for a reason. You didn't come here by accident. Some of you came in here rushed last minute, but you were here for a reason. God is wanting to do something in you and through you. I need you to listen to me. God wants to do something in you and through you this morning. God is wanting to set things straight this morning. Because God knows where he's taking you. God knows where he is taking you this morning. Father God, I just want to thank you, Father. I thank you for the open hearts to receive from you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that the words that I speak this morning are words from you, uttered from the Spirit of God. Because, Lord, what I have to share, if I had to share it from me, my flesh, Father, I have nothing. But I can only share because of your Spirit and what you have done in me, Father. So, Lord, I thank you. I invite you here, Lord, and I thank you, Father. You do what you will to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Well, what a week. <laughs> what a week. You can ask the staff at the office. I think I've done four or five different drafts of a sermon. And I go back into my insecurities. And then, okay, no, this is what God wants to say. And I start this whole sermon over again. And then I go home and I say, okay, guys, please excuse me. I am going to my bedroom now. And I get my laptop out and I start typing. And I'm thinking, this is not it. This is not it. And then I start panicking. And while I was sitting on Thursday night, I was sitting in the room, and I was just praying. So anyway, I was just sitting, and I was just meditating, and, and I had a word that I really believe God wants to share. And you know, it's something almost that it's, I'm stating the obvious, all right? So it's something you know, but it's a, a word for now, what God is doing now, here in ACF, here in your hearts, in these people, it's a word for now. So I'm saying to God, Lord, God, if this is it, just give me, a, give me a sign. I like to ask God for signs, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm busy going through my scriptures and everything, and next minute, Natanya comes running into my room, and she opens the door, and she goes, Mom, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's going over me. And I'm saying, wow, what's wrong? And I'm panicking because I thought something's happened. Maybe her and dad have had a fight or something. She says, no, Mom, I just, I just started getting this song in my heart. And, then, and it's like I'm starting to write this song. And I'm saying, well, awesome, babes. Write it and record it. Record it. She says, okay, I'll be back. And off she goes. I'm going, thank you, Lord. I know this is a sign. I know this is a sign. Because when God shows up, he gives signs and wonders. Next minute she walks in, she says, Mom, I've done it. And she lets me listen to the song. And, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, especially musicians, worshipers, you know. It's not always easy to write a song. But when it's God-breathed, it's very easy. In fact, anybody can write a song when it's God-breathed. And I listened to the song, and I said, this is a making of a song for now that we could be singing in the worship team. And I really believe that's where God is going to take our worship. I'm excited. I'm telling you, I'm excited. So anyway, I took that as a sign from God. And then I said, God showed me another picture while I was just praying and ministering, and I saw certain people, and I said to God, 
do I phone these people and tell and ask them, are you coming to church this morning? God says, no, it'll be another sign to you. So I said, okay, all right. So now I'm getting excited and I see these people and everything and I come here this morning and I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking and guess what? They're here. Thank you, Jesus. So now you can start worrying. <laughs> My job is done. <laughs> so anyway, the moral of the story is when God shows up, the fire falls. I am just speaking from my heart this morning. We don't need another Pastor John, Prophet John. We don't need another Andre, because those ones are taken. And of course, he shared a brilliant word last week. I really enjoyed it. Who enjoyed it on faith? Just bringing it from a different aspect was very good. So now you've got Shireen. Amen. My husband says I'm not allowed to apologize, but I actually want to say I'm sorry. <laughs> this is me. Oh, I can feel a song. You know that, that greatest showman? This is me. <laughs> this is God, let me tell you. You know, I just had a laugh on stage, you know, because I'm not very confident with the singing. That, and thank you, Jonathan did an awesome job with choosing the songs and running. He doesn't know what I'm talking about. God knows. And he chose all the songs, and him and J.D. were leading for me. And, you know, in that song, this is my revival anthem. The first time in my life, I'm so confident to sing this. And it's like, no, Shireen, there's an instrumental. I'm thinking, oh, God, why do you do this to me? Because now I feel like a nana. <laughs> but I know why he's doing it, because he's telling me I need to trust him. Because it's not Shireen, it's God. So let us get started. 2 Timothy 3. Verses 2 to 5 in the Amplified. That's the women's Bible. We like to amplify things when we tell stories. And Pastor John. He's a great teacher, and he knows I love him. 2 Timothy 3, verses 2 to 5. Okay, it's not going to be all about this, so don't get too depressed. I'm aiming somewhere, okay? It says, For people will be lovers of self narcissistic, self-focused, lovers of money, impelled by greed. I don't know if that gives us all that, but I'm going to read you my version. Boastful, arrogant, disobedient to parents, kids, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. And they will be unloving, devoid of natural human affection, calloused and inhumane. Wow. Malicious gossips devoid of self-control, immoral, intemperate, brutal, haters of good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of sensual pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form outward godliness, religion, although they have denied its power, for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Avoid such people and keep far away from them. Aina, my word, if I have to read that, I'm thinking like, wow, Timothy actually knew what was going to be happening in 2022. Because when I read this, I saw our world today, the world that we are living in. This is it. This is the scripture. It's an error of social injustices, racial hatred, violent crimes, confused identities, fraud, corruption. It's like 
we have, they, not we, when I say we, I'm not talking about you guys, all right? So don't get offended with me. I'm just generalizing. It's like we have become a godless society. And we've walked, and it's become such a moral decay right now. It's almost like there's no more morals and standards. It's like right has now become wrong, and wrong has now become right. And right doesn't even have a chance to be heard. It's just accepted. It's like you're not allowed a voice. So shh, you, shh, you're a Christian. Shh. You know, when I look at our youngsters, and I don't always mean to pick on them, but it's just like, the generation that's been raising up now, that's going to schools now, it's like there's something lost in them. There is something lost. It's like they do not have direction of where to go. They are confused and they are lost. They did a recent study with this age group, probably like from about 12 to 18, and they found out the reason for this, number one reason, is because of mass media. Now, we all know that there is so much available to us on the internet, and it's not all bad. It's not all bad, but it can be distorted. And if you don't know your facts, you could be reading a lie and believing. That's how racial hatred starts, does it not? People telling from their point of view, or how the social injustices, or the, the identity thing, that gender thing, you know, is because they don't know who they are. And that's thanks to the mass media, it's distorted. The other one, peer pressure. I mean, that was back in our day, but it's even worse now. It's even worse. And it's like when I look at my children, I just pray, you know, and I thank God that they don't fall into that bracket. I've seen it in a tiny school how something is like you get an influencer and they all think, oh, this person is awesome, but totally godless and totally messed up. And, and it's all about myself and I and me and, and everything else. And they've lost the plots. They've lost the plots. And the last one, which I think is the biggest contribution, is poor family involvement. We have lost touch with our kids. We do not play a part in their lives. I mean, I know growing up, my parents were very much a part in my life, in the discipline, in everything. And you can see it today in this generation. They are generally just, dis I'm sorry, guys, disrespectful. I mean, when you used to go to school, I mean, I know going to school, you were petrified of your teachers. It's like you respected them. And you did not dare say anything out of line because you'll get a clap. Nowadays, you must hear how the kids speak to the teachers. It's like I sit there. And even if I walk into the school, now they check you out. And like, I don't need much, um, you know, I'm really not so confident, you know, I walk in and they make you feel so self-conscious and everything else. But it's like they just don't respect. And that's because of mom and dad. Pastor John always says it's not naughty children, it's naughty parents. We have taken the word out of family. The schools have taken God out. And this is what happens when we become liberal. The problem with society is we don't seem to understand the difference between conformity and morality. Does not Jesus say, do not conform to this world? What does he mean? It means don't do what everybody else is doing because they're doing it regardless that it's, it's wrong. You know, it's not right. But just because everybody else is doing don't do it. Morality is totally the opposite. It's doing what is right, regardless of what everybody else is doing. We're in a society today where there just doesn't seem to be a conscience anymore. There's no conscience. And it's like we've lost the conviction. When we do, you know, when you do something wrong, the spirit convicts us of it. And we don't have that. We don't have that. However, our core Christian values are being violated right now. Immoral people 
are totally unrighteous. It is said that when Christianity retreats, evil will step in and fill the gap. And that'll be our fault. That'll be our fault. We take God out of the foundation, then all hope is lost. But I have good news. I have good news. This can all change in an instance when God shows up. When God shows up, it will change. Bitterness and hatred will disappear. Anger and rage will be abandoned in the presence of God. We cannot lose perspective in these trying times. It is in the word where we have the faith, find the faith and the confidence to know who God is and what he does. Sometimes we need to be reminded of God's divine nature. I know that you all know it. You all know it. But do you grasp who God really is? And I'm going to tell you this morning because that will put your trust in even more. And trust him and believe in him that he can do it. He will do it. J.D. gave me a devotional now to read just before we came. And it was so spot on. Because when God shows up, it's normally... When the fire falls, when revival starts, it's normally when the church is under pressure. Not when everything is all hunky-dory. It's when the church is under pressure, a move is needed from God. The first attribute, God is omnipresent. Means he is everywhere at the same time. Satan is not. Satan can only be at one place. And if I look back, it's a very big world. So, although I always feel he's with me, but anyway, it's okay. I'll take, I'll take one for the family. <laughs> Joking. David speaks about God's omnipresence in Psalm 139, verses 7 to 10, the New King James Version. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold... You are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. And your right hand shall hold me. Jeremiah 23 says in 23, Am I a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can anyone hide himself in secret places? So I shall not see him, says the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord. Amen. So he's telling us he is with us. The fullness of his presence is all around us. God is always near, closer than our own thoughts. So that already should put you at ease this morning. He is with you right now. He is with you. Tozer says, the knowledge that we are never alone calms the sea of our lives and brings peace to our soul. He understood the presence of God. His presence inspires us. When God shows up, everything changes. Let me share this testimony now. 
most of you know me, and you've probably heard a lot of my testimonies. Um, I'm not sure if I've ever shared this one. It's from a long time ago. Um, just to give you an example of God's omnipresence and God's manifest presence, all right? So now we know that God is all around us. I was not a Christian. None of my family members were Christians growing up. And my brother was very much involved in the occult. He was involved in drugs, and he was in totally alcoholic. And he caused a lot of heartache for mom and dad. Dad just whacks, you know, but you know a mother's heart. Anyway, you know that God's grace was so much over my brother's life that he was radically saved when he was in matric. And if you saw my brother, a lot of you know my brother, he is actually a missionary now, while he's gone back to America. But when you see my brother, you know, my brother and I did not have a very good relationship because of what he was involved with. I was one of those kids that was, I was a goody two-shoes. They used to mock me because I was so scared to do something wrong because I didn't want a hiding from dad. You know, because, you know, the good old dads, they know how to give hidings, eh? And I remember... We used to fight a lot, and unfortunately, our relationship was physical because we both did karate, and we were both black belts. So, you know, we kind of get our frustrations. Whoa, that's it, my auntie. <laughs> so we, we kind of get our frustrations out, and the one particular day, we had visitors staying with us, and my mom and dad, well, I thought my dad at least, were going out to see the guests and um, to, to walk to their cars, and my brother used to go into these deep trances. It was just really weird. It just really was weird. How I was not a Christian there, I don't know. But you know something. You know something. You know there's a protection there. And we were sitting and, and talking, and, and next minute, my brother gets up with a, such rage in his face. And I mean, we were probably just messing around with our words. And he stood up, and I was sitting on the lazy boy, my dad's lazy boy, he gets up and he goes into this trance, and the next minute, he grabs me around my neck. Now, this is not the first time he tried to kill me. He grabs me around the neck, and he holds me down like this, and he's going to punch me. But he is shaking like this. I'm telling you, God showed up, even though I didn't know God in that time. Because I didn't know, for some reason, my dad didn't go and walk the guests out. He was sitting on the patio. That wasn't a very big place because it was a townhouse. Next minute, I just hear my dad say, hey, hey, hey. What's going on? And of course, you know, brothers, sisters, nothing, nothing. My brother snapped out like this. He looks at me, and then he goes and sits down and watches TV. So I'm sitting there thinking like, dude, did you not know what you were doing? So I said, okay, I will not be cheeky to my brother anymore. No to self. No to self. But God was there to protect me. His presence was there to protect me. He knew, he knew, like J.D. said, what he has in the future, what the future holds for Shireen. And he knew what I would be walking in. So I was protected. A couple of months later, Kevin was radically saved along with mom. And I mean, if you had seen my brother, he would walk in the streets. In fact, my father nanny rode him over and didn't even recognize him. You know, with the, the, the hair and the black and the eyes. And it was just, ooh, when I think about it. The supernatural is real, guys. The supernatural, we don't give any credit to it, but I have first-hand experience on the supernatural. And it was through that that God radically saved my brother. In that time, in 1994, we moved up. We were actually from Whitbank, and um, we moved up to Benoni. In 1994, a move of God hit ACF, and we were in the church. And my brother and his friend used to drive up every night from Whitbank to come to the meetings that we had. We had a meeting every night. Every night. And God 
just miraculously moved. I mean, there's a few of us who would give testimony to that. And it's like in those meetings, God did something in Kevin's heart, and he manifested his presence to Kevin. And him and his friend would sit here, night in and night out, just totally drunk in the spirit. And you can see God was working. God was slapping around. God was motivating. God was encouraging. I mean, so much so that they nicknamed ACF Joel's Bar. Are you going to Joel's Bar this tonight? Oh, yes, I'm going to go and drink. I wonder what the people of the world think of us. (laughs) And God called him from that move. And he went into the mission field for many, many years in Lebanon. He met an American lady. They went to YWAM. And then he moved to Malaysia, and they did a lot of work for God. I mean, my brother, if you see him, is kind of very straight to the point, black or white, and that's it. I mean, he went to the Tibet mountains, ministering to the mountain people. I mean, he's gone to Vietnam. Just to see, I mean, I would just love to hear more and more testimonies of what God can do. Why am I boring you with the story? Because when God shows up, things start to happen. Next thing, I'm just going to run through it quick. God is immutable. He never changes, okay? His character never changes. His plans never change. And his promises never, ever change. Can you imagine if God was grumpy, a grumpy old man? Where would we be today? Can you imagine? He does not change. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same tomorrow and forever. Thank you for that, Jesus. I've got lots of scriptures if you want. They're here, but I'm not going to because of time. God is omnipotent, got the word right, meaning he is all-powerful. He is able, he is able and powerful to do anything he wants to do, he set out to do, without any effort on his behalf. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. This morning it was confirmed. He knows all things. You cannot hide from him. There's no ends of the earth that we can go to where we can run away from God. He is there. His presence is there. God is wise. J.D. brought it up in the sermon. He is full of perfect, unchanging wisdom. You know, wisdom is very different to intellectual and head knowledge. You might not be intellectually clever, but you can have wisdom. When you're a wise person will get the facts and make the best decision from those facts. And the wise person will use their heart, soul, and mind together with competence and skill when they're giving advice. So how much more is God? He is infinitely wise. He is faithful. We know that. He is true. His promises are sure. He never changes. Thank you, Jesus. Tammy, can I ask you to come up, please? I don't know how you feel. Um, God is here, and you can feel you can feel there's something in the atmosphere. But sometimes when you just put music to it, something changes in the atmosphere. And I just really feel that Tammy needs to sit and play on the piano while I talk. Thank you, Father. Okay, so now that we are reminded of God's divine nature, there are many more attributes to God, and we all know them. We've probably done studies on them growing up as Christians. There is a difference between God being omnipresent 
God's presence being manifested. There's a big difference. The omnipresence of God can exist without awareness, but the manifest presence cannot. So like in my testimony with Kevin, he was there, but I was not aware of his presence, but he was there. The manifest presence of the Lord causes our awareness of Him to be awakened to biblical truth and reality. When God manifests His presence, everybody in that vicinity knows about Him. Every human saved, not saved, become conscious of God. This is when his fire falls. When God shows up, when he manifests his presence, this is what happens. And you know what? God chooses to show himself. Nothing you can do, I'm not saying you need to pray, yes, but you can fast and pray for 100 days. But if God does not want to show himself right now, he's not going to show himself. He chooses to show himself. And it is, it occurs in actual space and time right now. God manifested his presence often in the Bible. We know, we know all the stories. Look at uh, Jacob at Bethel. When he dreamt of the angels ascending and descending, it was the presence of God. What about Moses? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, names we probably haven't heard for a very long time, when they were thrown in the fiery furnace, there was a fourth person with them. Who was it? It was God. It was God. He manifested his presence in that fire. The disciples in the storm, walking on the water, God manifested himself to those disciples. Moses was in God's presence for 40 days. And there was such a glory of countenance on him that they actually had to put a veil over his face because he shone so bright. That's what the glory and the presence of God does to you. Paul even mentions it. The presence of God takes you from glory to glory. He said, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, But we all with open face, beholding as in the glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Guys, guys, guys. His presence changes you. His presence transforms you. And His presence alters you. So many times we've come to the front and we receive from God. He's manifested at ACF. But are we truly changed? Are we truly changed enough to walk in what He has called us to walk in this morning? When you first got saved, how excited were you? How excited were you? I bet you we couldn't hold you back. I mean, I know, I was like a monster. Given my nature, I was a monster. And it's like you couldn't stop me. And I was so passionate. My husband and I used to catch a train from Brackpan and Benoni to Jobic Center. We used to work there. And it's like I was ministering to the people on the train, to Jehovah Witnesses. And it was like just so exciting. And bring on anything. You want to fight? Come fight. Because <laughs> I was excited. Because God manifested His presence. 
But I allowed the world to come in. And I started conforming to the world. Don't conform to this world, Jesus says. God takes the scales off our eyes in His presence and gives us the capacity to see what the natural eye cannot see. Just like I saw over there. I just saw this like a light, like a fire above your head. And I knew God wanted to say something. He had to, I had to say it now. I had to confirm something that God needs you to know. And whatever the natural ear can't hear, you will hear the voice of God. You will hear the wind. Whatever it is going on, you will hear it. You will feel it, what no mortal man can feel. You will feel the presence of God. You will feel it. If we can only catch a glimpse of the glory of God, the things of this world will no longer capture our attention. People won't be lost. Our younger generation will get direction. When God manifests His presence in them, they will start getting on fire for God. Because when God shows up, our hearts are mended. When God shows up, our hearts are unified and set ablaze. So being a worshiper, there is nothing more to me more satisfying than when God manifests His presence. You know, sometimes the anointing is on the worship, which it was this morning, I really believe. But also sometimes it's on the word, the offering, the announcements. You just don't know. It's God's anointing, okay? But when God crashes in, I know there is a freedom in the house. I know that bondages are broken. I know that burdens are lightened in the presence, the manifest presence of God. I know that there will be an atmosphere ready for miracles in this house. There will be fullness of joy. God knows you. God knows what you need, when you need it, how you need it. Someone will be crying. Someone will be laughing. Somebody will be jumping off the stage like an honor, doing the mosh. But why? There's a reason. We have to trust God in the process. Just like I trusted God when there was an anointing of a word of knowledge many, many years ago. And God says, people with growths, they will fall away and die and dissipate in the name of Jesus. Ian and I took it. And guess what? My barren womb became fertile after trying for six years to have children. Doctor said, there's no way possible. Forget it. I'm removing your womb. I'm 23 years old. And I'm saying, no. I know I'm meant to have children. I just know. Went back to the doctor. Sorry. Your tubes are closed. You've got endometriosis. You've got cysts. We have to remove the cysts. But I know, God. I know. God manifests His presence. Heals me in an instance. I fall pregnant. God says, I'm going to have a little boy. And I believed him. You know, people thought we were so strange when we went to prenatal classes that we didn't go and find out what the sex of the baby was. But I knew, I knew God says you are to call him Joshua Caleb because they got to see the promised land. Joshua meaning God is Savior. Same thing happened when Natanya came along. There and then they said, let's give you a hysterectomy. I'm saying, No. I want a little girl. Five years we waited. Five years. God gave me a dream 
when he manifested his presence, he gave me a dream and said, I was walking down and God says, go down this alley. And I walked down this alley and I said, but God, there's nothing here. And I just saw dumpsters and there was a dustbin and there was a black bag and I could hear a wriggling happening in the black bag. And I'm saying, God, what is this? And I just saw these hands dig in like this, lift the bag up and there was a little baby girl. God says, this baby's been aborted, but I'm giving her to you to look after. You are to call her Natanya. Natanya. I mean, it's an unusual name, is it not? It's not a, a name in South Africa we use. So I went to go and, and look to see what the name meant. And it means God's gift. When God manifests His presence, you will be changed forever. Miracles will happen. I remember when we went to, I went to England with Pastor Helen and we went into this one church. I'm not going to mention the name. But when you walk into that building, you could feel there was such division. I mean, you guys are pastors. You know when you go into churches, you, really, you kind of feel when something's going on. And Pastor Helen got up to preach and it's just like we were not breaking through. She was not breaking through. So she just stopped. She's very bold and very brave. I just get nervous and ditzy. So she just stopped. She just says, Shireen, come. And I'm going, "Uh uh-oh. She says, I want you to give a word to that person there. So I get up and I trust God. And next minute, between Helen and I, we were just like, like cannons. Her surname, Cannon. We were just like cannons shooting out words of encouragement over the people. It was like everything was just encouragement. Keep going. Keep doing this. Do this. Whatever, whatever. Going like this. And we didn't know, we found out. I'm telling you, when, when that happened, that's what I wanted to say is when that happened, it's like God showed up. It's almost like that atmosphere was torn apart and it's like heaven started raining in on that place. After we had finished it, the people that invited us didn't want to tell us this, but the church was going through a split and a division. And people were so weary and so hurt and their hearts were so hardened. I hate it when churches split. Why are we splitting? Because it's not about us. It's about God and it's about His kingdom. Why are we breaking up? We need to be a unity. This is why the world steps in. This is why evil steps in because it sees a weakness in the church. And it says, yes, we've got them. The world steps in and here we sit. We don't know what gender we are. I mean, come on. We know who we are. Here's the Word of God, just in in laptop form. It's there. We often used to do trips to Bender and Gazankulu in missions. But I tell you, those were the most powerful meetings we had when God manifested in those meetings because those people are hungry for God. They are hungry for the supernatural. We went to this one particular meeting and it was under the stars. They don't have churches. Thank goodness it wasn't raining. And Pastor Robert, I'm sure Andrew will also might remember this. I think you guys, we were building something, doing a building project up there. And it was Roger and Andrew. They were going up and doing the plumbing and the building. And then we took a team to do ministry. And the one night, Pastor Robert said he wants to do a baptism. So we said, cool, we'll do it. So he preached a very powerful word that night under the stars. And then he released the team and said, go, go minister. I was like, cool, we're going to do this. So we start praying for the people. And next minute, I mean, these people were dropping like flies. I mean, they're all over the floor. And it's like, what's going on? It's like, it's almost God shook the heavens. And his spirit fell down. And he was touching those people. I mean, it was dirt. And we think, ooh, 
dirt. But how far are you willing to go for Jesus? If it's to roll in mud, let's roll in mud. Because we want the glory. We want the glory. And I remember Roger, he was very, he was a little bit scared. He wasn't, ministry wasn't really his thing. He was very reserved, very quiet guy. He's the kind of guy, we went to a, a conference and um, it was still when the World Trade Center was here and somebody had written something on the blackboard and we were walking and, and he stops and he goes and he looks at them and he gets a, feather, a duster and he rubs the word off the board and he's saying, Roger, you can't do that. He says, no, but they spelled the word wrong and he'll change the word. That was Roger. So he was a little bit scared, I think. And I remember we were laying hands on people and I don't know who it was at that time. He says, go, Roger, go pray for the people because he was just really there to help with the building project. So Roger stood there and he's watching us. Okay, what do I do now? Oh, okay, got their hands up. So he puts his hand. Next minute, this person falls down and he looks at his hand and he looks at us. And next minute, he was just set free and he was laying hands on the people and people were falling. I mean, the supernatural there is, is so rife with the ancestral stuff. I mean, you would lay your hands on people's tummies and you could feel the movement in their, in their bellies was not God but so many got delivered long story short I mean we had a glory time we joined them on the floor we joined them it was just awesome it was time to go home we had our eating and that was I don't know if you remember the testimony I told you the last time when we were sitting in the, in the bungalow there and they were giving us food and we were all sitting and Pastor Robert was as drunk as anything and the team was as drunk and we were trying to eat and next minute there's this guy sitting there like this we don't know who he is. He's like this. So we're like looking at him. But the more we're looking at him, the more we're laughing. Because it's like, dude, do you not feel the spirit? You know, it's like. So we said, are you from around here? And he says, yes. So he wasn't actually invited in, but he just came in. And he says, yes. He says, well, what can we do for you? Can we pray for him? He says, yes, please. He says, whatever you got, I want. He says, I want to laugh. He says, I drink and I don't laugh. I want to laugh. Well, what an opportunity. Of course, the team was down. And um, uh, a couple of them was Andrew. Someone just laid hands and prayed for him. He got set free. He got saved. He got delivered. We're on our way home. Ian's driving. We've got mom. And I think Charmaine was with us at that time. So there were four of us in the car. And we're driving. And Ian's going about 30 k's an hour. And it's quite fast for those roads, those very bumpy roads. Next minute, the door opens and somebody jumps in the car and sits down. So like... I move up. I'm kind of like, okay, what's going on here? You know, this is a bit weird. It's a bit random. So for a split second, because we were all drunk in the car, we were all laughing hysterically because God really moved and did something for those people. And we're sitting there, and it was like, for a split second, there was silence. We all look at each other, and that was it. <laughs> we were all finished. Ian's trying to drive straight home straight, you know, trying to find there's no lights, there's darkness. And we were just having such a glory time. I just remember, I remember that face. We got home. The doors just flopped open and everybody rolls out. Ha ha, drunk as anything. The first thing on Ian's mind is like, this lady gets out and she's, go, she's going to go walk now. And Ian's thinking, oh, Lord, no. Because there are police down the road and they're going to think she's drunk. You know, they're going to arrest her. So he runs out to go and stop her, and she's gone. She's gone. We drove up and down those roads looking for her. She was gone. 
So whether it was an angel of God, I don't know. I, I'm convinced it was. There's a reason why she came, and she came and she imparted something in us that night. We need to trust God in the process. Just trust the process. Just trust the process. Thank you, Father. I want, I know Zane is here. Zane, come here, please, boy. To be so, I want Joshua and Natanya, please come to the front. I know they're my children, but God showed me this. Where is Zane? I know he's here. I saw him. He hugged me. Is he coming? Thank you, sunshine. To be so, come young. Just stand and face the stage, please. I want you guys just to stand here. Turn around facing that way. Thank you. I want you... Last week, when, when, when Corsi was, was preaching, and when you guys were all being disorderly and drunk yesterday, last week, Sunday, something happened. These guys were in the FCC room, and the Spirit of God came down in that room. I don't know if you saw the recording. You can blame God for that. It was very shaky. His presence manifested in that room. In fact, so much that J.D. came to me and says, oh my gosh, you must come and see these youngsters. Come and look, come see, come see. And they, I tell you, you walked in that room and I could feel, I could feel it was so tangible that I'm, okay, I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of here because I need to get focused. You know? And they were just having such a glory time in the presence of God. God has a special calling on youngsters this morning. And I called them up because they were there when God moved. And they're going to be representing the generation that God is raising up now. A generation who's going to know who they are in Christ. A generation whose hearts are set ablaze, set on fire, not going to be afraid to speak what God speaks. Because when He shows up, the fire is going to fall. When He shows up, Lives are changed. Hearts are changed. Hearts are changed. Just trust the process. Just trust the process.